by the Inside the Birds podcast. We expect to win every time we step on the field. That's just the, the mindset and the culture that we have. Now, live from inside the Matt Black Kia Studios, it's football at four. All right, football at four, powered by the Inside the Birds podcast. It drops tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. Get all the latest and greatest from Adam Kaplan, Jeff Mosher, and the guys at InsideTheBirds.com on the Inside the Birds podcast. And don't forget the Inside the Birds pregame show with Adam, Jeff, Trey Thomas, and Greg Cosell. Right now, it is NFL insider Adam Kaplan from Inside the Birds podcast at InsideTheBirds.com. And it's brought to you by PlaySugarHouse.com. They'll match your first deposit up to $250 when you sign uh, now, let's bring Adam Kaplan into the conversation. A lot to get to as the Eagles get ready for the Ravens on Sunday. Adam, welcome back, pal. How are you? Guys, good to talk to you this fine Thursday with the weather beautiful, and we're into week six, and uh, we might have some good news on the injury front for the Eagles. Well, let's uh, dive into some things because uh, I know Will Parks, a lot of people seem to be buzzing about him and some interesting uh, you know, possibilities on what he might bring. He got activated into the 21-day window, so will we see the return of Parks? Maybe a minor thing to some, but it could be a big thing to this defense. Yeah, so let's take sort of a, a macro overview of well, why they signed him and, and what their plan was uh, based on my people I've spoken with. So... Their plan for Will Parks was for him to play what's called the star role. Uh, not all of it, but a lot of what Malcolm Jenkins has done in recent years or had done in recent years for the Eagles and be more of a box safety and also cover tight ends, by the way. This is obviously something Eagles have been abominable at uh, so far this season, really. Eric Ebron dropped a pass. He also had another pass he should have caught last week, but uh, the Eagles have bad against, been bad against the tight end. They're giving up the most production against opposing tight ends. So Will Parks would be a hybrid player. And he's got good size, and that's kind of what they're looking for. Now, the, the issue is here with his hamstring. He had a significant hamstring strain. It, it, it's not known yet, A, if he'll play, or B, if he does, how much he'll play. But based on the information that I have, it, it's trending like he could have a very good chance of playing. Now, we have to see how he reacts to today's practice, how, how he does after tomorrow's abbreviated practice, because remember, practice is on Friday, very short, uh, for Sunday games, and then how he does in the walkthrough. But right now, things are trending well, and if he doesn't play this week, he would probably play the following week, which would be week seven. Uh, so that's good. That's good news, and this is a guy that they have a big plan for here. That Jim, Jim Schwartz has been under fire, and rightfully so, but he also has been shorthanded at the cornerback position, at the safety position, at the linebacker position, as we know, so... Uh, there could be some reinforcements coming very, very soon. Uh, we had Nick Ferguson on from uh, Denver back when they signed uh, yeah. Will Parks, and he brought up that dime linebacker, safety, and corner, basically a Swiss Army knife. Would that mean that he could assume the role that we saw Nate Geary stuck in on Sunday? Um, it's called a jack linebacker is the term. He might do some of that. Um, I just tell you that what I was told pretty strongly was that he would have see some of Malcolm Jenkins' role uh, and do, do some other things. The big thing is they want him to cover tight ends. That's probably going to be part of it. Yeah, and look, in, in dime, if you're, if you're only going to play with one linebacker, yes, you could see something like that because he's 215 pounds and Gary's oh, around 230. And, and remember, Gary was a safety in college, so that's it's certainly part of it. But the fact of the matter is this is a guy that they, I'm told they had big plans for, and it's unfortunate. Remember when the, when the Eagles actually – put it out there that he was going to be out on injury reserve. I'm like, well, where's this coming from? Like, because they didn't have a 
remember, they didn't have preseason, so it was kind of hard to understand. But one other thing is they call the, the Eagles call these players like this, positionless players. And he's going to be a jack-of-all-trades type of player once he's ready to go. Coming off of the injury, could he do a good enough job stopping the tight end? Because obviously we know Nate Gary can't do it. So, you know, the injury, it's going to play a role. Can he yeah, do that, a good enough role. job? Yeah, I mean, that, that's his role. That, that's his role there, and that's exactly what they want him to do. You know? That's yeah. exactly what they want him well, to do. Well, let's uh, – I know uh, this has kind of been talked about a lot, the whole play that happened there, but and nobody seemed to really answer the question. But I guess the question I would have for you, Adam, is – We've seen the stats now on Geary, 23 for 23 when teams go at him. Is this a, 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 a product of they just don't have anybody better? Yeah. Um, I mean, is that essentially <laughs> what it is? Like, but isn't that a problem with the other guys in the lo- in the in the film room? If they're looking at this guy, the morale's got to be terrible in that room if that's the case. Yeah. I mean, look, you have what you have as a coach. You, you, you use the guys that you have. And they're at a, they're in a crisis situation at linebacker with the Jatavis Brown retirement you know, abruptly. We you know no one saw that coming. You have the numbers that you have, and Pro Football Focus have that number uh, now. Now, what some people will say is that some of those coverage numbers are not on him, and that that's that, there's some there's some truth to that. But the fact of the matter is, we know how we know that Nate Garrett shouldn't be on the field, but you have what you have, and you know, I, uh, Jeff Mosher and I have talked about this. Ken Flagel, the linebackers coach. You know, he uses him as like he's his own son. He thinks he's a good football player, and he, he does what he's asked to do. But the results are obviously less than average, and that's pretty much their, their linebacker group. So that's kind of where they're at, and they have this group, and they, they're going to go forward with it. And, you know, the other thing is, you know, people want better coverage linebackers. As someone uh, worked for another team told me this week, or I think it was this, like Monday or Sunday night, Good coverage linebackers are not available. No one's trading with a coverage linebacker. It doesn't work that way. So, I mean, the trade deadline's coming up in a couple weeks here. The Eagles have to find somebody because they clearly are, are not interested in the guys on the street. I mean, they're, 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 they've not worked anyone out really in, in weeks at that position. Wow. Uh, we know Gary was a little bit of a problem there, but overall, was he the only problem? What happened to the defense last week against the Steelers? Yeah, Mike, this is this is surprising. Not not that the Eagles got toasted. I, I thought they'd get blown out or potentially get blown out. I just didn't I didn't see them score twenty nine points on offense. But uh the thing is they did, the, the thing that surprised is they did not get a pass rush, but the way that they that that uh the Steelers did it is that really overall they got it out of Ben Roethlisberger's hands and that to me is what, the way you negate a great pass rush the Eagles definitely have right now, if not the best pass rush, one of the top three pass rushers, and front fours particularly, and they have great depth on their defensive line. But they, it was very clear to me that the offensive coordinator, Randy Feigner, had a great game plan. He saw what the D-line did to the Niners and said, hey, we're not, that's not going to happen. And also, Rothsburg audibled when he thought, saw stuff he didn't like. And that's you know, that, you're going to see more of that, guys. You're going to see the quarterback get out of his hands, and I'm really looking forward to see what Atlantic City's own Greg Roman does this Sunday because Eagles have an incredible pass rush, and I do wonder if Jim Schwartz will, because of the the oddity of the way that they run their run game, they have the most sophisticated run game in the National Football League, way harder, believe it or not, than the Niners. It's really hard to figure out. They do so much stuff, and misdirection, by the way, is coming, folks. You, you, <laughs> you've seen it, and... You saw what so how many you saw how many mixed direction plays and gadget plays that the Steelers beat them on 
I'm sure that Greg Roman's going to have his handful for the Eagles this Sunday. Yeah, I, I'm glad you brought Roman up. And uh, I was wondering, you know, you got Andrews, you got Lamar, you've got Ingram, and you mentioned that. I mean, I did some research today on this. They've given up 13 carries, 154 yards, and three touchdowns to wide receivers so far this year. I mean, heck, they've only given up 138, uh, 382 carries to running backs. So they're getting whipped on that play constantly. The tight ends have 31 catches for 322. I'm sure that Roman is salivating looking at this no. defense. I know. Mark Andrews, who's a guy that not a lot of people know about coming out of Alabama, and the reason why he does so well is defenses are so consumed with trying to stop Lamar Jackson. And, you know, Andrews just runs free, usually in the middle of the secondary. So that, that's one thing to take a look at. And you're going to see Hollywood Brown, uh, their first-round pick last year, wide receiver, scored last week in the red zone uh, against Washington. But he's super explosive. And if Darius Slate can't play, they're in major trouble. The, the, the good news is at least Avante Maddox is practicing. But they've got, they, they've got major issues now at corner. I mean, it's just – what, what, look, the – Mike, the the issue is this: the miss on City Jones and the miss on Russell Douglas. It's crushing them on the outside. They they really need an outside corner, opposite Slay, and they just don't have one who I think is really ready to go. And uh, they're going to have to go with Craig James and probably a committee if uh, Darius Slay cannot play. Well, you bring up Sidney Jones and Rasul Douglas, and they're succeeding elsewhere. Is that the product of Jim Schwartz and his scheme that he runs? Like, what is it the injuries with Sidney Jones? What do you see that they're doing so well there that you know they couldn't do here? No, it's really not that. It's just that he's playing because they have nobody else. The the Jaguars folks remember Jalen Ramsey long gone. AJ Boyd was traded to the Broncos. Uh, the guys who are putting those guys are hurt, so they have to play him, and he's doing a good job. He's having to play. They don't have anywhere else to go. Uh, they literally are, are barren at the quarterback position, and good for him. He, look, here he was just not very competitive. He just didn't play very well. And, yeah, it was a giant miss by the Eagles, but I clearly, look, nobody, think of it this way. They couldn't even trade the guy. Nobody wanted him. I mean, it just, they, they, he cleared waivers. Uh, and, you know, the Jaguars brought him in, and that's kind of where he's at. And, you know, good for him. I'm, I'm glad that he's getting a chance to play, but. Man, I'll tell you what, the Rasul Douglas one is unbelievable. How about him playing two weeks ago every single defensive snap for the Panthers? Unbelievable. Great. And by the way, all of a sudden, Nelson Aguilar has great hands. How about that? Yeah, how about that? You see that? I retweeted that stat, yes. that number from the, the. You know, no, I was talking to the Raiders. It's funny you mentioned him. I talked to them before their game last week against the Chiefs. And they brought up to me how happy he is to be with you know, the Raiders, and he's healthy, by the way. He had, a, he had, I believe he had a scope on his knee after last season, but you, know, you brought up his hands. He dropped too many passes, and he's doing a great job there. It's really, it's it's crazy what happens. And then, by the way, there's another player named Ryan Neal, guys. Ryan Neal was cut by the Eagles two years ago. He was in training camp with him. He's an undrafted free agent. Uh, he played every snap either this past game or the, the two games ago for the Seattle Seahawks in the secondary. It's amazing how many of these guys that, that leave the Eagles and then they wind up playing well or playing a lot. It's like the Phillies bullpen. It's like you pitch somewhere else, you pitch great. You get them in Philly, the worst. I mean, Workman was 10-1 and last year for Boston with a 193. He comes here horrible. It's just like the reverse all of a sudden. Um, Adam Kaplan, Inside the Birds podcast, is uh, dropping tomorrow, 6 a.m. A couple other things let's get to. Travis Fulgham. <laughs> what do we do here? I mean, do they have to keep playing him even if everybody's back? Like, what's the plan for him moving forward? Do they just kind of back themselves into finding something here? Well, just one thing. The Eagles say that uh, Jackson and Jeffrey were, were, were limited again on Thursday. So we'll, we'll see what they do tomorrow. So with Travis Fulgham, this is interesting. So 
you know, I talked to the Lions and, and talked to a lot of people around the league, and he was a kid that really was more or less recruited but had to earn a scholarship. You know, there was only one school that recruited him or even talked to him. That was Old Dominion. You know, he had a very different upbringing. He wasn't really a guy that was had the pedigree of football. His parents were very, very sharp, and uh, no one really thought he'd ever make it, though he had great size and athleticism. And, you, you know, you, you move on here, and when he went to Old Dominion, when he finally got things right, he looked like a kid that could actually play in the National Football League. But you know, just talking to the Lions and other people, he didn't have a lot of urgency when he was with them. And, uh, you know, he was cut twice, and then he, the, the, the Packers cut him. And, and Mike, I was at his first practice at training camp, and I was blown away with the kid, what the kid was doing. And I, I just, you know, it's training camp. And I, if I've learned my lesson where I've been wrong in, in player evaluations, because I, I've, I've deemed training camp and preseason AAA baseball. It's not real. It's just you, you, you look at the attributes and you make a note of it. You guys remember Hank Basket? Sure. You guys are all enough to remember Hank Basket? Well, Hank Basket. Mr. Was, Lehigh. Yes, he was Mr. Lehigh, Mr. Preseason. I've never seen a player dominate when he did. And he was nowhere to be seen in the regular season. It was really, really bad. So, But here's the difference. Full gum, I'm told, guys. Every regular season practice dominated. Like, really, really good. So much so that they had they didn't have a choice. He had to play. And he's answered the bell. Now, let's be realistic. There's no way he's putting up those kind of numbers. Ten, 10 catches on 13 targets, 150 yards on a touchdown. That's not happening every week. But he has a realistic chance to be very, very productive. And for him to continue to start when Jeffrey's ready to go, he just has to continue to play well. He has a, by the way, he has a real chance to start the rest of the season at that exposition over Jeffrey. But he's got, he's got to keep doing He's just got to show up, play with that same urgency and physicality. And, and here's another little nugget. He probably someone told me, and I, I, it's probably true, just from watching him. He's got the best hands at wide receiver of any anyone they have. Well, think at, about that. Adam, he's only played two games. It's clear, clear, almost to a fault at some points that Wentz trust him and only him. I mean, there was a play. How on about that, that? Well, on the How one drive, that? he's connected on one, two, three, four times. And Sanders is wide open, but he throws the ball to Fulgham because that's who he's locked in on, and it's a third down, and he doesn't complete the pass. But, hey, it's the one guy he trusts. And, and Mike, he actually missed Fulgham for a touchdown. Uh, we had Ron Jaworski on, on our Inside the Birds television, with J- uh, Mosher and I, and Jaws confirmed what I had put on our show, I think, Monday morning or, or Wednesday morning that – Fulgham made this incredible move. I think he beat uh, Joe Hayden. There would have been a touchdown, but uh, he wasn't even looking that way. He was—I forget what—I forget where the pass went to. It wasn't really across the floor because I don't think Fulgham was the primary on it. But nevertheless, it's really remarkable what Fulgham's doing. And again, folks, they face a, a great defense this week. I'm not expecting them to have another huge game. But if you're in fantasy football, I certainly would pick them up and, and see what happens. But. It's really been a remarkable story, and think about it, guys. Not only were they not being last week's game to score 29 points, they were not being the Niners. Fulgham was a big reason why they won. Without him, they would not have been the Niners for sure. So, okay, let's throw this scenario out there. Jackson's back, Rieger's back, Jeffrey's back, Goddard's back. You're playing 12 personnel, Greg Ward... J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, I mean, I say Whiteside because he's a second-round pick. That's the only reason why I'm throwing it in there. But yeah, he where does Fulgham, if Jackson, Rieger, Jeffrey, Goddard are all healthy, where does Fulgham get snaps? Do one of them sit on the sideline? Yeah, it'll be after the weekend. Weekend will be the earliest they have everybody. Uh, although Rieger's doing well. Most report on a break show that he got the cast off his, his, his social group pair of thumb. 
But we, we were both told that he, he's still, the timeline's uh, week 10, with a super, unbelievably outside shot for week 8. I mean, it, it, it's hard to imagine, but this kid, I'm told, is amazing at recovery from injuries, so we'll see. But again, they, they think it's going to be 10. I, it, I think, remember now, once they pull Rager off the, if they pull the receivers on, on the 53 now, that means that if you activate Rager once you know by by week ten, that means that they would have eight receivers on, on the team on the fifty three man roster. You would only trust five and maybe six if you had to. Uh, to me, Wallace would be uh, would be out. Uh, not Wallace. Uh, Watkins. Watkins would be a guy that wouldn't dress. Or think of Whiteside probably wouldn't dress. And maybe you dress Greg Ward wouldn't go anywhere. He's their slot. He's their main slot receiver. Uh, and then what would happen is Rager, Rager would probably be would back up. Jackson and Z probably would back again if Fulgham continues to be their 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 main X because Jeffrey would then share time with him or be the backup uh, at X. Rager would probably back up two or three spots, and they would probably go that way. This is just me kind of looking at your question because Rager, uh, I'm told, was probably going to learn all three positions had he not gotten hurt. So they love him, by the way. It's it's just unfortunate he's now at two injuries, but that's a good problem to have, by the way. They would love to have all these guys healthy now. One more thing, though, I want to add to your question. It's a really good one in terms of 12 and 11 personnel. I don't think they would play as much 12 personnel because you, you have so many receivers. It gives you the option, the optionality for each game, Mike, to kind of vary it up. You don't have to be so 12 intensive. And I think that's the way they would look at it if everybody at tight end and receiver are healthy. I want to get your thoughts on John Hightower because there was the play at the end of the at the uh, end of the first half in the end zone. I think you got to catch that, and then he also had the out of bounds play where he didn't get out of bounds, and it costed them a turnover late. You know what have you seen out of John Hightower, especially last week? Yeah, you know Hunter, I, I don't think he looked that great. I mean, he's okay. I mean, he made a couple nice catches, but he's just not strong physically. And this is something you know. I, I know he was around 185 in training camp. He needs to put on at least five pounds of muscle, probably more than that. Over time, he just, he's another one who needs a, an off season. He's just not strong enough, and that that to me is the ultimate issue. I think he'd be the other guy. Probably would stay on the roster. They're not going to cut him, but I, I don't know that he'd play very much. You really want him as your fifth receiver if you have everybody back, not not a starting receiver. Uh, that, that's where when Rager comes back, I think Hightower is not going to play very much, if at all. I don't know that he even dresses. If they're all available, I just don't see him playing. Uh, because you don't need six receivers active unless one of them's hurt. Right, and right now he's getting the most snaps on the team. So if he goes yep. from getting the most snaps to none, that's a big upgrade. Uh, real quick, Adam Kaplan, Lane Johnson, uh, and, and his status potentially for this weekend. Yeah, still very questionable. Um, it, the thing is, and, and Doug Peterson was asked about this, you know, why don't you just shut him down? Because he keeps leaving early. Uh, he de- they, they don't seem to want to do that. Um, look, uh, I'm told the second opinion was – you know, kind of what they thought. Uh, he has the, he had, as we first reported on our Inside the Birds pregame show, you know, he had the tight rope surgery. That's a very unique surgery. Not a, not a lot of players have it. And you know, although you know, Tua had it at Alabama and, you know, a couple other players, including Eagles Jalen Hurts, but when you look at it with Lane, until he could just show that he's ready to go, I mean, I, I don't know why they won't just play Jack Driscoll over him, but they – my understanding is that they just want to see if he could do anything this week. And, you know, right now, um, you know, Lane did not practice today, and it's kind of where it's at. And remember, tomorrow's a very late practice, guys. If he doesn't practice tomorrow, I do not think he will play. Then, of course, uh, you got Maialata and that Peters. Peters is going to be in his oh, third week. I want to week. talk about that. Yeah, real quick. He looked really good, I'm told. Like, 
he, you know, he's almost a rookie because he just, you know, it's his first game. And he didn't, he, obviously, he didn't, he's never played before until the season. Uh, but I'll tell you what, he did a really good job considering who, who he went up against. And I do believe he could t- take Peter's job there at left tackle. Move that I could certainly see them if everything works out well for Mylata to keep the job. If he does play well this week and continues to play well, once Peter's returns and Peter's takes over the right guard job because uh, Matt Pryor simply has not played very well so far. Adam Kaplan, Inside the Birds podcast, drops tomorrow, 6 a.m., the Inside the Birds pregame show. Uh, they've had breaking news on the pregame show the last couple of weeks, so 10 a.m. to get you ready for the Eagles and the Ravens. It's a great way to start uh, your Sunday morning with Inside the Birds pregame show. Adam Kaplan, Jeff Mosher, Trey Thomas, and Greg Cosell. Adam, pleasure, pal. Guys, thank you. And uh, he, like all guests, appeared via the Boardwalk Honda hotline. And that, of course, is brought to you by PlaySugarHouse.com. Sign up now to match your first deposit up to $250. Um, we've talked a little bit about if Mylotta plays well, just keeping that job moving Peters. That sounds like something that Adam thinks is a real possibility to happen. So that's something there. He brought up uh, early in that conversation about Will Parks and what he could add to the defense. And also... Travis Fulgham. Sounds like the Eagles are saying, can't bench this guy. How can you? Can't do it. Very rarely do you find that guy who comes in and you're like, where'd we find this guy? You know, I want to touch on something he said about Sidney Jones, though, because we're sitting here asking, how can you let that go? Like, did you give up on him too early? He made a really good point. They couldn't even trade the guy. Nobody wanted him around the entire league. Right, and when he got picked up, it wasn't right away. Like, Rasul Douglas got picked up by Carolina. Like, right away, Sidney Jones, I think, was, like, the next day. But he went, like, and then someone was like, all right, you know. Another thing that's getting thrown under the radar a bit, I'm not claiming that Casey Tuhill is some stud, but the talks about letting him go through the waiver wire just to keep a 32-year-old defensive end in Vinnie Curry, does that make a lot of sense? Not for this year's team, no. No. And I just saw that Doug Peterson, I guess, is on a conference call with the Baltimore media, and he was asked about LJ Fort. And he said, basically, you know, uh, that he said, I always liked LJ, even in the short time that we had him here. You see him on tape, and he's one of 11 defenders on tape that's flying around making plays and being disruptive. You remember, the Eagles cut Fort to sign Orlando Skandrick. Looked like it turned out all right. Feel good about that? (laughs) Not at all. But the Casey Tuhill thing, whether he's going to be a player or not, the logic just doesn't make any sense. And that's where we always talked about the emotional ties between Howie, the Eagles organization, with their players. Remember, Vinnie Curry came over late. He was considering what he was going to do in the offseason. I feel there's like a mutual connection. Like, hey, we brought this guy in here. We told him we'd bring him in here. There's no way we can cut him and Here's the hard get part. rid of him. The Eagles made moves. That suggested they were taking one more shot or a shot at the Super Bowl. And now they're in limbo where they're not anywhere close to the Super Bowl. What do we do with all these guys that we brought in? Jason Peters was signed. They could have given that job to Herbig, but they brought Peters here to be the right guard because we need a veteran player if we want to win a Super Bowl. That's why they go out and get Vinnie Curry. That's why they bring Jason Peters in. That's why they went out and got veteran guys like Will Parks and others because they felt they were close. And now they're they felt a, wrong. Right. And now they're in a spot where it's like we got all these older guys that we signed. What do we do with them? They signed them to money. You don't want to have that money on your books. It puts them in a weird spot in terms of making roster decisions. 
All right, we got Ask Mike and Broads on the other side. Stick around for that. 609-403-0973 is the text board. Ask Mike and Broads coming up next. This is the radio home for Philadelphia Eagles football. This Sunday, the Eagles host the Baltimore Ravens at the link. Wentz in the gun. He's back. He's looking. He is firing. Touchdown! Guess who? Travis Fogel. Coverage begins at 10 a.m. with the locker room. Merrill and Mike call all the action starting at 1 p.m. Number one sports radio talk show, The Sports Bash, with Mike Gill on 97.3 ESPN-FM. Ah, yes, we're back. It's Ask Mike and Broads. It's brought to you by PropSwap, where America buys and sells sports bets. Check them out online, PropSwap.com. Somebody has a raise ticket on PropSwap, 30 to 1. I want that ticket. going to cost me a lot, though. I might beat you to it. Raise me. Big time. I think I might go get a raise hat. Yeah? Which one? Uh, not the one they wore in game one. That one's terrible. Actually, I think I might get a raise T. Fanatics? Yes. Navy blue. I knew that was coming. Raise with that little ray. The little yellow ray they got. Okay. I like that one. I like the baby blue hat with like the yellow um, logo on it. You know what I'm talking about? Which one they rock? That baby blue one? Fanatics.com. Yeah, I hear you. That's a good one. The baby blue? Yeah. No, I like the baby blue jersey, too, but baby blue's not a good color on a man of my size. Well, you're slimming down. That's true, but it's going to take me a little while to get to baby blue. Okay. I didn't know there was a size limit on the color. Well, you wear a brighter color. Could you wear this shirt that I'm wearing now? Little salmon? Yeah. Peach. Could you Could you wear that, or is, is there a no. limit to that? No, although, uh, like, this is a color that's out of my... Uh, Comfort zone. It's a good color. Yeah, I like it. Maroon. I guess I don't ever think of it like that. I'm in every color. Well, you, good, you're a small guy. Small guys can wear colors. You wear lighter colors. Yeah, this this little expansive. I've never heard of this before. This seems like a curb your enthusiasm Why do you think type big moment. People wear black all the time. Black's a thinning thinning color. Yeah, I mean I know that part of it, but still, I mean it doesn't mean that larger individuals can't pull off a salmon. Not a good look. <laughs> Not ideal, huh? No, but I think I'm going to get a race shirt. Okay. Let me see. They, they got one here? I like the one sometimes where it just says Rays Baseball. That's it. Just, just simple. No, no logo, no nothing. Just Rays Baseball. You know me. Baseball. I'm going simple. Yeah, you're right. I want a nice, simple Rays. Maybe that little Ray with the little Ray because gives me a little yellow in there. What are we thinking? Like a Nike symbol on the one side? Rays Baseball? I'll nice and simple? Let's see if I can find one right here. Navy blue. I might buy it live. What color lettering? White? Uh, no, it's well. They got the. Mm, get, you should get the playoff shirt. Or are you anti like playoff nah, shirt? I don't want that. Oh, okay. Sorry. I want, uh, oh, like this one right here. All right, let me look. All right, this guy right here is my. This one's me right here. Ray's a little Ray right there. That's me. It's a nice item. Yeah, it's a little expensive though for a tee. The only thing I'm missing. Thirty bones for a tee. I like where it says baseball, like Ray's baseball. Although that's more of the logo. Like this one. Let me see. Got Ray's baseball the TV. Got to get rid of the TB on there off to the right. Then I'm in business. All right, what about this one? All right, what about this guy right there? Bang. We're getting closer. All right. I got to keep moving here so I can see the computer screen. But we're getting closer. Some nice options. We I should like do Tampa Bay sports. Lightning. Champions. Rays. Race. Champions. Champions. Like Ed Brady. They get go. a Super Bowl. How about that? They don't have a. We don't need uh, to talk about this Philly sports nonsense yeah, anymore. Orlando's kind of their hoops team. They're about an hour away. Markel Fultz. Yep. 
It'd about be perfect. A, about an hour away from Orlando. What if I went with this race? Same one, but I went with the baby blue. Can't go with baby blue. I, I'm not ready for that yet. Maybe what you should do is, this is perfect. If you like it and you think you're not ready yet, you buy it, you hang it up. So every time you walk out of your door, you see the baby blue shirt. It inspires you to get to that level. This is the one I'm going. Although, nope, I just saw something I didn't like about it. What's that? Cotton. Oh, I'm not a cottonsman. Yeah, you need the athletic wear, yep. the stretchy. Yeah, I'm stuff. not. I'm not. I'm uh, not. I, I gotta have the uh, polyester. Okay. Yeah. So you're out on the cotton. Yep. So they that- gotta have that in there, though. I don't see that one. At all? I'm shocked. Not that particular one. Oh, okay. That, not that shirt, exactly. Yeah. All right, well, we'll keep looking. Maybe we throw in a question here from Nick. Oh, Nick wants a question. Yeah. Any chance that you guys actually feel optimistic about Sunday? Uh, I'm not 100% they're going to lose. I'm probably, I'd go 70-30. Wow. So you do. you 30% optimistic. More than me. It's the NFL. I mean, I know. Teams I'm with lose. you. Do they have a bye week next week? I think they do. Is this a trap game? Is what I'm getting at Who, here. For Baltimore? Yeah. They have a bye week, and then they play the, the Steelers. Is Does this scream trap game? Not really. Okay. Try to suck you in one. No, but I'll tell you. <laughs> Way to rain on the parade here. Not really, but uh, I, I'll tell you what. If the Eagle, this is a team. Um, Tampa. I got the Tampa shirts up in front of me. Baltimore, they don't throw the ball all that well. You know, they don't they don't have this dynamic passing game. So if you shut down the run like you were able to in most of your games and say, hey, we should the question is who shuts down Lamar Jackson? Nate Gary. Jeez. Will Parks. Will Parks. It sounds like Will Parks is gonna play. It does seem that way. Yeah. I think Rodney McLeod kind of the question is, coming off the injury, and keep in mind, conditioning plays a factor. Can he do it? Although Adam Kaplan said, you know, more with the tight end stuff. Will Parks maybe stopping the tight ends. Well, they have a big tight end, Andrews, out there. Right. I, I mean, if Slay, now Slay is in the concussion protocol. We don't know if he's going to be ready to go, but then he would be matched up with Hollywood Brown, you would think, so that you would feel pretty good there. If Parks can come out and give you an effort, a half effort more than Geary gives you against uh, the tight end Andrews, then the other question is, then who do you use to stop Jackson? Do you feel good about Craig James though? No. Why did I, I thought you bring said? Him up. I thought you said James on Hollywood Brown, and then you were like, Slay. Oh, ex- excuse me. I'm sorry. I could have sworn you said James, but what if Darius Slay can't go, and you have Craig James That's and Jalen Mills? Big Huge problem. problem. Yeah. Huge problem. All Big right. time. We got another question here from Tom. Favorite cereal? Out of the box? No pun intended. Um, I got a lot on this one. I mean. I'm a sugary nah, Captain I'm, Crunch I'm a, kind well, of guy. Life cereal is my number one. Like that's, if you could choose any cereal in the world. I'm, yeah. Let's say the diet's not in play. No, life. Life? I go life with a banana. Dude, that's like saying Cheerios. No, life. Of course, Josh is just Cheerios number one guy. I go. You life. can eat any cereal in this world, and you're choosing life. Yep. Life cereal wow. is what I'm going with, and I like a raisin bran, and I like a frosted mini wheats. I don't even know how to operate right now. I am just mentally done. 
I don't even want to talk about this state this question anymore. Raisin brand life? Yeah. Frosted mini wheats. They're my three. Steven asked this. Is there anything on these Joel Embiid rumors? I don't think so. None at all. I mean, Elton Brand kind of came out and said, we're not trading either one of those guys. I can't see any scenario where that would happen. Doc is coming into this organization. He's going to want a chance to work with these two guys. I would imagine when he was looking at these teams and when the Sixers called, he was like, hold on a second, Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons? Yeah, I want a shot at this. You don't just give up on one of those players once Doc Rivers comes in, right? I mean, that's one of the reasons why he even came here. Yeah. Well, I would think that I saw what's it like for um, that the Houston Rockets are interested right. in, in him. Right. So it's not like the Sixers are the ones starting to pull the trigger here. And apparently, James Harden wouldn't be in play. Now tell me who's on that roster that moves the needle. Robert Covington? No. Nobody on that roster moves the needle for a bead. He could play center. For who? Oh, for them. Well, they're gonna... No, no, no. Robert Covington could oh, play center no. for us. Right. Uh, well, it looks like, uh, by the way, that John Lucas is apparently uh, coming into uh, maybe be the favorite for that job in Houston. Hmm. They interviewed Jeff Van Gundy. John Lucas, who was, by the way, interested in the Sixers job. Remember that report from... Uh, Keith Pompey, and now it looks like he's in. He's in the down to the final in the running for the the Rockets job. Do you like Ty Lue with the Clippers? Do you think that's a nice match, or are you just going? Oh, we'll see. Do I like Ty Lue to the Clippers? Yeah, I mean, I mean, he was the assistant coach there, so I would imagine that he'll do fine out there. Him and Kawhi, you know. I want to see how he does because he's always been tied to LeBron James. I want to see because there's a lot of people out there going, "Hey, it was only LeBron. He knows nothing." I want to see how he responds to that criticism. I'm sure he hears it. I'm sure he's heard it for a yeah. while now. Yeah, I'm sure he does. And, like, you know, look, that team, uh, it's so weird with the whole bubble and everything. You know, Paul George, you know, he's talking about being depressed down there and all that kind of stuff. Like, he wanted to get out of that bubble. A lot of people want to – like, can I really take that they lost and, and, and say, man, they were – that was, like, their true ceiling? I think they definitely deserve another shot in a real atmosphere, for sure. Yeah. The, the question is, the next time they go out and compete, will there be a real atmosphere? Well, it's funny. when they We were kind of half-joking, like, oh, what if Doc Rivers doesn't go back? We, we never thought that was going to happen once, just because they lost. I thought it was too premature. But I think the Clippers looked at where they fell and said, we got to make some sort of new change. But to me, there's no Clippers fans out there. Who are they trying to... Like, I felt like they did that move because they needed to make a change because they fell short. But normally when that happens, it's to satisfy a fan base. There's no Clippers fan base. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Billy Crystal and um, the guy uh, The guy from... Um, oh, man. Um, uh, Kevin Arnold. So he, they, made, they made the move to satisfy them. What TV shows at? I don't know. Josh is on the move. I'm a sports. I'm a raisman. That's how I watch every day. Raise highlights. I don't watch all these other nonsense shows. <laughs> Sorry. Too premature uh, though. No. Uh, uh, what the heck was the name of the show with Kevin Arnold? Fred. Um, man. 
Kevin Arnold show. Yeah. Let's see what pops up. The Wonder Years. The Wonder Years, yeah. Come on. What's his name in real life? He's a he's a big uh, Clippers guy. Who's a Clippers guy? Fred Savage. Guy? Fred Savage, Billy Crystal. You're getting more. Now that they're good. I mean, they've been good for like 10 years now. I just think it's funny. They were horrible when I was growing up. They were horrendous. Yeah, oh, yeah, no doubt. I just think it's funny, though. When Kawhi won the championship with Toronto, Kawhi was the best player in the world. When KD went off with the Golden State Warriors, KD was the best player in the world. LeBron wins it this year, and now the conversation is LeBron, he's the best player in the world again. Don't you think it's kind of just ridiculous that every year whoever wins it is the best player in the world? Typically what we say all the time, the best players in the NBA win. Players league. Yeah, but just because Kawhi won it that year, I wouldn't automatically then classify him as the best player in the world just because no, that no, no, specific no, no, no. season Not he won. particularly the best player. It's it's guys that could be the best player on the best team that wins on the team that wins a championship. There's only a handful of them. That doesn't mean you're the best player, but there's like four or five guys who fit that mold that can be the best player on the team that wins the title. You know what I mean? What do you expect out of the Brooklyn Nets this year? They have Durant. They have a player who can be the best player on a team that wins a title. They also have a guy in Kyrie that has shown he could be the second best player. When he was in Boston, that was a problem. Can't be the best player. Did you hear what Kyrie Irving said the other day, by the way, about having somebody who can actually take a shot at the end of the game in reference to Kevin Durant and somewhat taking a shot at LeBron James? Like, who's Kyrie? Who's this guy? Yeah, he's out there, dude. He's a joke. Coming after the goat like that. See what I did there? Not bad. Thanks. I'm looking at these uh, celebrity Clippers fans. Guys, who, people who have been there, like LL Cool J, um, Kate Hudson. Got, um, let's see. Adam Devine, I don't know who that is. I guess he's a singer. Billy Crystal, Queen Latifah. Ooh. You got uh, Jared Leto. You've got Martin Lawrence. You've got Todd Gurley, Arsenio Hall. So we've got some Clippers. Uh... Now look up the Lakers. I know there's a difference. Yeah. There's a lot more, too. I mean, I'm just going off of... Uh... That's only uh, the ones that he sent me this list here. Who are celebrity? Some of these I don't even know who they are, so I'm just kind of not mentioning their names. I'm just kind of going through the people that I recognize. I don't even think if the Lakers, I'm sorry, if the Clippers did beat the Nuggets, if the Clippers were going to take down the Lakers this year. They, no. just, they just didn't have it. It was one of those years where nothing seemed to no, match. it's like the, the Lakers will always be one. The Yankees will always be one. That's just the way it goes. Oh, no, I don't mean in terms of fandom in the city. I meant in the actual Western Conference Finals this year. What do you mean? If the Lakers played the Clippers this year in the Western Conference Finals, I don't think the Clippers were going to take down LeBron James this year. I don't know. I I, I don't. They just didn't seem to have that rhythm as a squad. Yeah, they didn't play enough together. They didn't have a lot of uh, time together, all that stuff. The Lakers weren't even that good, to be honest with you. KCP, I thought, was that third guy. We always question, who was that third guy going to be? The last game, Rondo had a crazy game off the bench where he was knocking down shots, but... He opted out, where he's opting out, I hear. I did not see anything about that. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I like what Rondo kind of 
you know, he, he worked and found himself a veteran role there late in his career. What kind of question is this? Ask Mike and Broads, what are some of the food dishes at Mike Gill's Box Social? <laughs> I guess what type of food are you going to have this weekend? What's, that? What's a Box Social? Maybe he messed up. I don't know what a box social is. Yeah, you'll have to uh, resubmit that question. Well, I think we understand what he's saying, right? Uh, I have no idea what he's saying. A box social is a fundraising event in which box lunches are auctioned off. Are you auctioning off food? That's what I'm saying. I have no idea what uh, what that question is in reference to. (laughs) Yeah. I got nothing for you. Sorry. All right. Uh, Mike is right. Life is awesome with or without the banana. Don't sleep on life. It's underrated. That's from Eric and EHC. So, yeah, life's a great series. I can't believe we're bringing this back up. I forgot all about it. Now I'm about to get my blood boiling again. I'm not anti-life as a whole. But if I told you you have every single cereal in front of you, you can have a bowl of any cereal, life's not number one. For me, it is. Unbelievable. Ask Mike and Broads is brought to you by PropSwap, where America buys and sells sports bets. Check them out online, PropSwap.com. Cinnamon Life. Kevin Arnold is Fred Savage in the Wonder Years. Thanks for that. Cheerios, but they have to be Honey Nut. Best cereal around today. You know, I've never really had Cheerios. I'm not like a Cheerios guy ever. But you're a Lifesman. Definitely. Mikey likes it. Remember those commercials? No, you don't. Look those up. You'll know why I'm a Lifesman. Fraud. All right, we got uh, the NFL schedule at 5. Stick around for that. We'll do the odds, the trends, and all that good stuff. Turn it on. Leave it on. The Sports Bash on 90. Check it out, Scott. All right, Sports Bash Live, 97.3 ESPN. Some breaking news with the Sixers there, Hunter Brody. I like this move. Dave Yeager. I like Dave Yeager as the head coach. I'm a big Dave Yeager fan. The problem with Yeager has been... He's kind of a prickly guy. He just can't get along with anybody as the head coach. He got blown out of Memphis because he couldn't get along with the front office. Got blown out of uh, Sacramento. But his teams are always, I mean, if you remember those Memphis teams, those scrappy Memphis teams that made it to the Western Conference Finals, Dave Yeager, very good move by the Sixers. He's the new assistant coach on Doc Rivers' staff. Dave, Dave Yeager is in. I'm a Yeagersman. Do you like Jaeger Meister? Do not. No. Do not. Watch. Did you watch uh, Bachelorette? Interesting you bring that up. It's in the plans. I'm a huge fan of the show. I think it's entertaining. It's a good time. Well, there was a guy last night. All right, so all these guys on the opening night, they try to like their first impression. They, They meet the girl for the first time. And it's like they say, hey, I'm, you know, Steve, I'm from so-and-so, I can't wait to talk to you more. And they're all trying to do something that kind of stands out, right? Of course. Some of them just do it like, hi, I'm, others, a guy comes in and he's got like, he's got like a, uh, like um, a parachute on and he's like, hey, I'm, I'm going to, I'd fly in from the, like all stupid Yeah, stuff. he's the obnoxious one. So the guy comes in, he says, I've never done this before, especially like this, never met you before. Gentleman gets down on one knee. No. Pulls out the ring box. No. He opens it up, and there's a guy in the box with his pants down and blasts a fart. What? Fart box. You can't go there. That's what he did. So I'm asking, is that the way that if you're the girl, she has to select... Now, some of these guys, she never even gets a chance to talk to. I would never talk to that individual if I'm the one. She never gets a chance to talk to them. You get one chance to say to this girl, hey... 
I want the Rose. I want you to keep me on the show. Because she's got to eliminate like five to ten of these guys without some of them ever meeting. So she's basically going off looks on some of these guys. Like, hey, he's kind of cute. I met you for 30 seconds. That guy gets down on the knee, opens up the box, fart box. There was a guy with his pants. I'll show you the picture of the box. I, t- I, t- I, I, I had to take a picture of it. Would you do that? That would be the last <laughs> thing. My the last I, thing. To, my, to here do. it is. Here's what she, that's what he gave her. No way. Twenty three ninety five on. Um, See, if I'm her and I looked that up, I'm like, what? I'm worth twenty three ninety five now. If it was four ninety nine, he opens up. He's down on a knee. He opens up the box. Fart. Fart box. See you later. Now imagine you being in that position. You're the bachelor. All these women come up to you. A woman goes down on one knee, hits you with the fart box. See you later. I'm not talking to you ever again. That's how you're going to start this? That's what you came up with? Right. So now let me ask you this. He gets down on the knee, fart box. Do you think she kept him or, or said, sorry, you're out? You're out. He's still in. <sighs> Guys, the ladies love the farts. <laughs> All right, here's your sports bash cash. Code word. <laughs> Josh has got his hands in his head in disbelief. I can right see now. Josh doing that. Blast in a fart. Yeah, I can see that happening. <laughs> All right, here's the sports bash cash code word. Chicken.